Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Well, greetings and welcome. It's a whole new week here at Educated. So as always, though, I still am Katie Petrick and I still am joined by Mr. David Fiorazzo. But everything else is new and exciting. Uh, but before we get started, of course, just a reminder that this show is available on audio podcast. So if you like listening to podcasts in the car while you're working out or you're walking the dog, please subscribe to the Educated Podcast. We are on all major platforms, including Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and every Everywhere else. Just search for the show, Educated, or visit stayeducated.org to click on the direct link. Okay, so today, again, new week, but still same old craziness happening, and we're going to start in Southern California, where a school superintendent says it's, you know, no big deal that a seventh grader was caught playing with himself in school in front of his classmates. David, is this a no big deal or is it a deal? Okay, um, there's so many things we could say about this, but we are going to try to keep it, you know, let's just go to the facts. Um, Southern California, first of all, hello, public education, uh, public school system, hello, and seventh grade. Now, this says the boy was masturbating in front of classmates, and the superintendent claims it's normal. We got to break this down because there's a lot of allegedly uh, words in here. So let's go to the story. California superintendent defended a seventh grade boy allegedly caught masturbating in front of his classmates, insisting to shocked parents that this behavior was normal. So right there, Katie, first of all, the superintendent's name is Mark McLaughlin of the Conejo Valley Unified School District. And he admonished parents for bringing up the issue during a school board meeting Last month, he disclosed that similar offenses occur at least once a year in their district, which he said normalized the incident. Now, there's so many problems here, but first of all, was the kid standing? Was the kid up in front of the class? Was the kid in the back of the class? Did he, was he doing anything where you could see anything? I'm guessing not, but I don't know. There's so many facts we don't know, but his response is what we're taking issue with here. That is true. And, and once the families heard about this via their own children telling the story, there's a lot of kind of factors that we're not sure on the exact details. It's kind of secondhand, thirdhand. Um, but we do have video actually of one of the moms who got told by one of her kids what happened. My seventh grade daughter, along with every other classmate, watched a boy in her class masturbate. I only saw it. I only know this because my daughter told me in the car when I picked her up, saying her friends said they were disturbed, traumatized, and scared. The principal reported the incident to the district office. I've heard not from any one of them. It does not take an expert to figure out what happens to a 13-year-old boy when he's staring at mostly naked girls wearing underwear to school and being exposed to concepts like oral and anal sex in seventh grade. They let children write the dress code. My daughter and that boy are victims of this board's approved content and curriculum, and I hold them each personally responsible for the social and emotional damage to these children. Yes, 13-year-old boy, she says, Katie, this is going down to middle school. It's going down to kindergarten. It's not just seventh graders. This, but I agree with something she said. It's interesting. This is the fruit, so to say, the rotten fruit of what has, he's been you know, seeing 
with either or hearing about in classroom. Well, and so this has been happening across. I mean, it's not just high school getting some of this sexualization. It's not just the middle school. It's getting, as you say, it's all the way through the entire K through 12 system. So what these kids are doing is learning that it's okay. They've been being told in their classrooms, it's okay to touch yourself. That's normal. These That's are right. the type of things. So that. when you do have a seventh grade boy allegedly masturbating in class and all the other students see it, and again, as the mom pointed out, that the kids are writing the dress code, it's maybe a little hyperbole, but not too far because from what I understand across the nation, a lot, a lot of these dress codes are like girls and boys can wear kind of whatever they want because if they identify as one way or the other, that allows them the freedom then to dress whichever way they want. So the provocation is there mm -hmm. when you have a hormonal teenage boy Mm -hmm. what he sees in front now i'm not excusing what the boy did by any means but i'm i'm i can understand then what is happening mm -hmm. in at least the mind of this boy but one thing i want to say is what the mom said about the social emotional learning or whatever it was I social emotional fight, abuse yeah I think she abuse, said. but i fight back against that mom a little bit as i think we always do when it's like well why is your kid in that school then if you know, pull the kid out of the school. Don't have your kid be subjected, your daughter be subjected to that. There are alternatives yep. to that. So and I'll there's ways to do that. I'll take the angle. We have another video real quick, but I'll take the angle that the other students at by seventh grade, they're probably applauding this, right? Now but, that may have been a Christian mom. She mm -hmm. was her was it daughter? Mm -hmm. Her daughter was probably traumatized by that. She's probably like, what the heck is this kid doing? And so there's probably a, a fewer and fewer with that response. And by seventh grade, more and more are saying, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's they're good. probably giving the guy even more, yeah, keep going. So let's watch what the superintendent said. Um, when we talk about um, masturbation, it uh, could be rubbing of their jeans with their hand outside of their pants. Doesn't necessarily need to be inside. As someone who's been an elementary and middle school principal, um, I would say that at least once a year, this comes up from both males and females um, within a school setting. And so I don't think that this is anything outside the norm um, that would take place. Oh, okay, but males and females and it comes up, but these are the ones that are actually noticed, right? Oh, that's true as well. I mean, and especially if you're talking K through eight, because he said elementary and middle school, who knows what happens on the playground? You know, it, there's a lot of things that happen on the playground that teachers don't see, but the other children do see. I think what, as you heard, the parents or anyone who was in the audience take offense to kind of like, wait, hold on, is the way McLaughlin just kind of said, well, this is normal, you know, like, and they, instead of being like, we understand this shouldn't be happening, Unfortunately, we have seen it happen on numerous, not even numerous, once or twice a year. It's the tone, I think, in which he presented this. And I, as a parent, would have been like, wait a minute. He, like, he is trying to, by his tone, normalize the situation. So um, earlier this year, apparently, the parents there were concerned about the state of their district, and they launched multiple grassroots efforts to inform the community about what was going on. So this led up to this instance, and a guy named Steve Schneider alleged that his eight-year-old daughter was required to watch a video 
on transgenderism at one of the elementary schools. Eight-year-old, is that, uh, what grade is that, uh, Katie? Uh, second, third. Eight-year-old, eight second or third grade. Third. So second. they're watching transgenderism. They're normalizing LGBTQ and gay and all that and touching herself, and it's normal. And then you get to seventh grade where a boy's so suddenly doing this in class, and anybody's shocked at this? But anyway, uh, still to come. Hundreds of Muslims. This is an interesting story. Parents finally go to war with a Michigan school board over graphic LGBT books being carried in the library. This should be interesting. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. So as we know, parents now have been battling against our school boards for a bit of time. Like we're getting to the point where they've been doing it for a little while now. Well, it appears that potentially the last group that the left will condemn has joined in on the fight. And I'm talking about Muslim parents in Dearborn, Michigan specifically, who went to a recent school board meeting and chaos, a little bit, I would call it chaos, ensued after they were there to protest against the LGBTQ books that are in the school libraries. And so the protesting parents said that they consider the books to be too sexually uh, explicit for students. And they had signs that said, uh, keep your porno books to yourself. They had one that said, if democracy matters, we're the majority and protect the children. And then the, the last one was actually written out in five different languages, which very nice. Uh, others who other parents were there to support the LGBTQ community and champion inclusivity. And so when you get two different groups together, sometimes chaos ensues. Um, and actually, the president of the school board at one point, her name is Roxanne McDonald, had <clears throat> to resort to banging her gavel to get the loud pro protesters to actually sign, silence themselves. So what, what actually happened here in Dearborn, Michigan? An angry crowd, a school board meeting cut short. Talk of banning LGBTQ books. The scene in Dearborn making headlines nationwide. We don't need to be acting like a mobster. There is no need for this. Osama Sablani is the longtime publisher of the Arab American News. He says he understands some parents may have concerns about what they call sexually explicit books in the school library. But this is not the way to address it. The school have already responded you know, to them. They have issued a committees and the committees are reviewing the books. The books are off the shelf. Dearborn schools now reviewing six library books after a parent complained, including this book is gay and all boys aren't blue, which were not physically in the school library, but were available as e-books. The Supreme Court back in 1982 determined that removing books from a school because certain people simply disliked 
the ideas contained in those books violated the First Amendment rights of students. Students who may want or need information. To have people's fears to crowd out and to censor, you know, various information that really should be free to the public, free for all. Reverend Dr. Roland Stringfellow ministers to a largely LGBTQ congregation and worries about the message being sent with scenes like this. We are definitely sending bad messages to the young people by yelling and telling them, you know, you can't have this. And and it's really attacking their personhood. OK, that little last bit there, David, please, please. No, we're not. Yell. I mean, what it had to get to this point. And by the way, where have you been, Muslims? I mean, Dearborn is pretty much a Muslim city and that a lot of lower Michigan. But where have you been? They are notorious for calling America the great Satan because of pornography, because of the immorality that Hollywood puts out, because of what's in the government schools all this time. And finally, so finally they were speaking out. So kudos. But I think it's a little too late. These books have already been in there for years because of what they said. You can't remove them. Censorship. Well, and what's interesting is at the end there, how the reverend said, like, we, pr being loud and protesting is not the way. Well, is that just because we're talking specifically about LGBTQ books? Or what about all of the things we saw all the way through 2020 and 2021? Was that okay? Because it all depends on the cause. Like Black Lives Matter, we can protest and break things and destroy property. But we can't when we're talking about LGBTQ That's books. Like, I just want to know where the line is. That's a great point. Line of demarcation. Is there one? No. Because that's that's the thing. If we're going to talk about free speech, free speech, not just free for some speech, yeah. free for who we decide and who's the we deciding, it has to be then free speech. And, and you know what? If you're upset with parents trying to protect their kids from immorality and perversion that's in the schools, and you're, you're upset that they're chanting vote them out or raising their voices, put a helmet on. It's time to stop playing touch football. This is this is a this is a serious thing here and it's going on across the country. But again, Muslims, where have you been? I mean, the Christians, it seems, and conservatives have been some of the only voices trying to speak out about this insanity that's been going on for decades. And before I say more, I better just go back to the story. The Dearborn police warned the crowd to stop yelling and inter interjecting when the school board was speaking. Now, I will say this. Be respectful when you go to these school board meetings or any kind of public forum like that. Don't be disrespectful, interrupt and shout and cut people off. That's what the left does. Let them do that. OK, um, that's, that's what they do at Berkeley and Columbia University and Harvard and all those the Ivy Leagues or wherever else. Right. So don't do that, parents, when you go to these school board meetings. And I just want to let everyone know because was, he was talked about quickly in that clip, but maybe you didn't hear it. There is new policy out there for the school district addressing and assessing all the materials that are coming in so and this had been released just ahead of the meeting so i think parents were almost kind of coming in to be like in a way it's about time but also we want to make sure you're actually going to be true to your word so officials are allowing parents to block their own children from checking out certain items or to block them from using the district's library and other media centers entirely and if parents are as they put in quotes truly concerned about a particular work being in the school at all that they can go through the book challenge process to ask if it be removed uh, to ask it to be removed from the catalog and such a request then will trigger a review from at least five district media specialists who considering the parents concerns will re-examine the works age appropriateness 
at least they are releasing a new policy to to kind of tamper down what's happening because we've seen it across the nation more and more it's the all oh, books are being banned and over here this book's being banned and over here it's this one well they're at least putting a process in not just either banning it immediately or being like no it has to stay because it is a whole question of free speech but anyway when we come back stunning new video shows doctors that perform gender surgery on children they actually uh uh-oh we're admitting that patients are having some regrets because you know maybe they were too young to understand what they were doing stay with us today's show is sponsored by our friends at my pillow save up to 66 percent on pristine quality bedding towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Well, Project Veritas, still out there doing their things. If you don't know Project Veritas, James O'Keefe and his crew basically do kind of some undercover work, and they've been doing a lot of stuff uncovering just the craziness that is happening with our teachers in our schools. They get admit get them to admit on camera without them knowing, one camera consent basically, uh, that they are purposely not educating children, that they are putting all their their own agenda into the minds of our children. And so we have Project Veritas, who was given some information. They were giving a video <laughs> that was from the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. It's the, I don't know if they go WPATH or WAPATH. Um, and it actually features medical professionals. And we had at least one doctor, and we're going to show you a clip in a moment, one doctor, at least one of them, who was discussing regret that many underage people who go through this gender-affirming surgery actually have. Take a look. Some of the Dutch researchers started, uh, gave some data about um, young adults who had transitioned and reproductive regret, like regret. And it's there. Um, And I don't think any of that surprises us. It's always a good theory that you talk about fertility preservation with a 14 year old, but I, I know I'm talking to a blank wall and the same would happen for a cisgender kid, right? Typically, you kids, babies, gross, or, or the usual stock answer is I'm going to adopt. I think now that I follow a lot of kids into their, into their mid twenties, I'm always like, Oh, the dog isn't doing it for you. Right? Yeah. They're like, no, I just found this, you know, wonderful partner. And now we're kids. And I think when we're doing informed consent, I know that that's still a big lacuna of, of that. We're just, we do it. We try to talk about it, but most of the kids are nowhere in any kind of a brain space to really, really, really talk about it in a serious way. Uh, That's always bothered me, but, you know, we still want the kids to be happy, happier in the moment, right? There it is. We want them to be happier in the moment, David. We want them to be happier in the moment. But even that was Dr. Daniel Metzger, the pediatric endocrinologist (laughs) for British Columbia Children's Hospital. And what I did, and you should do this too, go back and rewind, watch everyone else this time. Like, go watch that little clip again and watch the rest of the doctors. And a lot of them, they were smiling like, yep, yep, same here when I you know, talk to these kids and, oh, yep, nodding along. Yep, it's true. They have regrets. (laughs) This is what's happening. At least they're admitting it now. But it's also like, are we going to do anything about it? Well, I just want to point out something that the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association called on U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate 
those who expose the transgender surgery industry for its potential harm to children. Oh yeah, James like o- Matt Walsh. Oh yeah, Matt Walsh like and James O'Keefe and James Frederick O'Keefe. Veritas. I mean, he's been they've been getting nailed left and right in terms of always they're always trying to shut him down. Yeah. But he so far always has come with like I'm doing everything on the up and up. So this is you. You're just mad that we found out about it and are letting the the public know about it. So there, uh, as we know, has been a lot of controversy surrounding the topic. Several influential health organizations in the U.S. ask that social media accounts that even question, even if you question Uh the highly lucrative gender-affirming surgery industry for children to be investigated. Like, if you even, on your own Twitter account or your Facebook, if you even put out the question, should children... Be, be given, you know, carte blanche to just do whatever they want with their sex? Is that okay? You could get banned. Wait a minute. I thought questioning oh, was I, a good question, thing. Oh, question. Q, question. Questioning. Q is question. Queer slash question. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah. As are these children, and it's because <laughs> they are children. And maybe you shouldn't be giving them the responsibility to decide, hey, maybe you should just cut off healthy breast tissue and do a little tuck and snip and cut and all that when I'm, you know, 14 years old, 15, 16, 17. Heck, I'm at this point, even 18. But that's where we are. And if the doctors finally are admitting, yeah, a lot of patients have regret. Can we can we finally have an honest conversation about this? Or do we still have to pretend for feelings, because as he said at the end, it's all about them being happier in the moment. Live your truth. Live your truth. Well, you live your truth. But before we go is up next. So don't live your truth until after you watch that. Because <laughs> as we are going to discuss a newly proposed mascot for uh, George Washington University, because we can't have George Washington. Oh, it is honestly ridiculous and it's hysterical. And we are also going to reveal the best and the worst of the McDonald's toys that have ever been released. Wow. Have you had your break today? Stay with us. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, let me ask you, Katie, when you hear the name George Washington. G-dubs. Yeah, what kind of mascot do you envision? G-dub. G-dub himself. George Washington. Well, you're obviously way, way, way off. You see, George Washington University is in search of a new nickname right now. Why, you ask? Well, because the name Colonials is just too racist. So instead, it appears they've decided a far better and less controversial name would be (laughs) the Hippos. According to the university's website, GW's association with Hippos began when President Stephen Joel Trachtenberg brought a statue of a hippopotamus in, or bought it in 1996 and gave it as a gift to the class of 2000. It continues, unlike colonials or these other monikers, hippos can be a symbol for students to rally around on game days or events that require no reckoning with history. 
GWU says colonials will continue to be used until a new moniker, possibly a hippo, is introduced next year. Katie, don't you love how a university named after our nation's first president is now embarrassed by our country's history? And a hippo? A hippo? When they say they can rally around, it's going to take all the students to get around that hippo. Who's going to actually play the mascot? They're going to have to have like three college students in the mascot uniform to fill in for it being a hippo. I can't see how that's going to work because there's going to be some fat shaming. With there's the hippo. a lot of Well, hungry, hungry hippos. I mean, yeah. is that fat shaming? We can't do that. <laughs> we cannot do that. This is America. Speaking of ridiculous things, the world's richest man is putting his last name to test by getting into the fragrance business. Elon Musk's boring company is bizarrely selling a fragrance called Burnt Hair for $100. And apparently more than 10,000 bottles have already sold. Ew. In a tweet, Musk calls it the finest fragrance on earth. Now, some of you might recall a few years back when the boring company offered flamethrowers for 500 bucks a pop and ended up selling 20,000. So I think heat seems to be a theme here. But if you feel like adding a little burnt hair to your Christmas wish list this year, you can place your order at boringcompany.com slash burnt hair. Katie, smells like a little odd thing to me. Elon Musk is the captain of the trolling community at this point. Uh, he trolling. may have elevated himself. I think he's, he's CEO of that as yeah. well yeah. at this point. We're going to wrap things up by discussing Katie's favorite restaurant, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> I'm kidding. Or maybe just the Happy Meals. Daily Wire has put together a list of the best and worst Happy Meal toys Mickey D's has ever released. And we thought we'd pick three from each category. So let's start with the worst toys. Ooh. And the first is a toothbrush and toothpaste. <gasps> this toy, if you want to call it that, requires no explanation why it made the list. Next, we have gardening tools. I mean, how many kids get excited about playing with a trowel and seed packet i did uh, yeah katie did well how many <laughs> one uh, finally on the worst list we have the step it fitness trackers these wearable fitness trackers which were introduced in 2016 were meant to encourage kids to be more active instead they caused literal burns oh, no. mcdonald's was forced to recall the product after receiving receiving dozens of complaints of blisters on kids wrists yikes all right, let's take a stab at some of the best toys. And we start with Hot Wheels. Classic. Yes, this Happy Meal promo worked because it took a popular toy and kept the quality, making it a collectible for kids that helped enhance the collections they already had at home. Next, we have the McDinos, is that, or McDinos? Changeables. The fast food um, behemoth partnered with the Transformers franchise in 1990 to create these collectible characters that changed into fast food items and dinosaurs. They were offered in different shapes of different burgers, drinks, fries, chicken McNuggets, ice cream cones, hotcakes, and the Egg McMuffin. Finally, I have a toy that I think even Katie will agree is one of McDonald's best. McDonald's attempted to capitalize on the Beanie Babies craze of the 90s by introducing a smaller no. version to go along with their Happy Meals. Since people were already convinced they could become millionaires hoarding these little stuffed animals, the promo caused chaos at drive through windows coast to coast as customers swooped in trying to collect all the different versions. 
Katie, um, I would agree with these top picks. Would you? Well, I don't know why just Beanie Babies wasn't the actual top pick. The, the numero top. uno. It should have been the top pick because that was crazy at that yeah. time. A craze. So, yeah, it was a literal craze. And I do remember seeing some of these, and I don't think they're all the best, but I'd have to get the full list to really evaluate. Either way. I won't do it because it's McDonald's. Yes, you're not an expert. Neither am I. But anyway, that wraps up this segment. More to come next time. All right. Once again, for those of you who do enjoy listening to audio podcasts, please consider subscribing to The Educated One. It can be found on all major podcast platforms, or you can click the link directly by visiting stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting what we do here. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.